discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Today has, happens to be Ask the Author. Yeah. Alright, so we are asking is a question and answer session in church, which is very, 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 very important. A lot of times you have questions on your mind. There are questions that people have on their mind concerning various things. Alright, so if there's any question on your heart, if there's something you want to ask about, you are liberty. Normally there are so many things that are going on, uh, so many questions that are, you know, are asked or so many things that people talk about that minister questions to your heart. So you have liberty to ask any question at all that you want to ask. That's what God is here to, to answer. We call it Ask the Alpha because it is the Holy Spirit who authored the word and he's here to answer your question. I'm not the one to answer your question. Most sometimes like, when you ask a question, I don't know what I'm going to say. But that's what God just starts connecting it. Whatever question you ask, you realize that you get we, we have plenty messages along that line. Uh, we have at least two gig of audio on Ask the Author alone, if I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, it's a lot. And if you listen to that, this is the only time where we can we can go through the Bible in a minute. Yeah. Go through, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. So it's a very, very important, it's a very important time for me yeah. because I get to see things that are normal circumstances I would not say on a Sunday service. Okay? Uh-huh. Because some of the things you have to you have to really pick it up and then really teach it in a certain way for people to understand. But during Acts of Author, it's you get easy, quick understanding. Hallelujah. So if there's any question, you can just shoot up your hand and ask your question. We'll answer it for you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What's your what's your question? Um please, there's a scripture in um, Luke chapter sixteen, verse nine. It says, And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you unto into everlasting habit, habitations. Yeah, we were myself and Pastor Pastor John we were thinking about the scripture, and the question is, how how do you make money as a Christian? Because it's like from what yes, we know there are some things that are clearly out of that are like drugs and those things. You can't go there, but how do you make money as a young man? Is it are some things, for instance, the, the, we had we had a scenario. We were talking about forex, and it came up that forex is like cha-cha because you bet. Okay, I I predict that this this currency will rise against this one, and it's in the form of gambling. So we we're just thinking about it. Is it in connection with this scripture? Does it mean that you can just use any means to make money? Because Jesus said that you should make friends using an unrighteous mammon. So we want to know what, what was Jesus really talking about. Is it that <laughs> when we get the money, how you get the money doesn't really matter but what you use the money for. Because I read other versions and 
it, it looks like when you get the money, you can actually make friends. You, you should do good with the money that you have, you have received. So the question is, how do you, is there any prescribed way of making money as a Christian? Yeah. Hallelujah. Is it a powerful question? Yeah. Let's amplify it. It says, and I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous mammon, deceitful riches, money possession, so that when it fails, they, those you have favored may receive and welcome you into the everlasting habitations or dwellings. Hallelujah. All right. Um, hmm. you, you, in, your, in your question, you emphatically mentioned Forex as uh, something whether to involve yourself or not. Years ago, Forex was not something, just before 2000 and maybe 2004, Forex trade was not something that everybody was allowed into because of the way it was. In America, as a, um, I'm, I'm using a certain figure because the last time I updated myself was those times. I mean, I've not gotten into, into money and those things for some time now. But during those times, uh, in America, if you don't make more than $200,000 a, a year, this was like 2002, there about. If you don't make $200,000 a year, you are not allowed to do some investments. Okay? Now, uh, the reason being that the, the loss can be so huge that you can end up losing all your money. And the gain can be so huge, you can end up gaining a lot of money. Do you see? And either ways... Uh, on the stock exchange, there's the bearish market and the bullish market. A bearish market is when the market is booming. A particular stock is rising and rising and rising and rising. And the bearish market is when the stock is reducing. Everything that you have, every form of business that you have, have a certain form of uh, gambling, if you like. But it's not gambling. Gambling is different. Gambling has to do with this person bringing his money. And saying that if we, for instance, cards, if they, if you go into these casinos and all that, all that is done in a second. It's not, uh, it's not something you can wait for some time to to see whether it rise or not. You understand? If I'm going to be selling phones and I buy the phone, I go and pick the phone at a particular price. Depending on the demand for the phone, my price can either increase or reduce. So everything, commerce is based on supply and demand. And it, it enters Forex as well. You understand? Uh, and supply and demand is with time. It has a certain time element related to it. Uh, but gambling has, gambling has a shorter time, if you like. Gambling uh, uh, is instant. And apart from that, uh, uh, it's dangerous because you have people someone there who is willing and ready to either hurt you to get his money or something. You understand? Uh-huh. So with, with respect to, I want to answer that before I even continue. Uh-huh. Definitely, if you buy the shirt and the demand for it is high, you will definitely increase the price. You will just have to be reasonable so that your, your, your competitors will not end up getting some and selling it at a lower price for you to lose. So it's business is like that. Uh, you, you can't say business is gambling. You see, business is not gambling. Business is commerce. Without that, the country cannot go on. Without that, people can't make profits. They can't live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. However, this particular scripture that we are reading here, I think it would be better if we read from verse 1, so that it makes more sense to us. Okay? I had, uh, what was his name? This man that we, we, watch, we used to watch, 
Andrew Womack, teach about this. And he taught it very wonderfully. I'll see if I remember what he said. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. So this guy had done a very bad thing. He had wasted his master's goods. Okay, continue. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear, of, I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. I don't want you to work with me anymore. Do accounts and go away. So he starts. He, the guy starts moving around. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. I can't dig. I can't beg. <laughs> what am I going to do? I am resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. I'm going to do something that will make sure I, I don't have a difficult time after my, my master has sacked me. So this is what he did. So he called every one of his lost debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much do you owe my Lord? How much do you owe my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. I, I owe him hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take your bail. So he started signing fake receipts. He started changing the receipts. Take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Write 50 instead of the 100. So he just so that he can get favor before those he was dealing with, the people he has been doing the business with. Do you understand? So business is even being mentioned in the, in the Bible. It's part of it. I mean, you can't take it out. Then said he to another, how much was thou? And he said, 100 measures of wheat. And he said unto him, take thy bill and write four score. Four score is 80. Write 80 instead of 100. Go to the next verse. Verse 8. And the Lord commended the unjust one. The Lord commended. He was like, this guy is very smart. He commended him. The guy has done something bad. But the, the man commended him. The Lord commended the unjust one because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. This is a very serious statement to make. Isn't it? Go to the next verse. And I say unto you, make to yourselves, so this is Jesus talking, make to yourselves friends of the unrighteous, mammon of unrighteousness, so that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Go to the next verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Hallelujah. Next verse. If therefore you have not been faithful in the righteous mammon, who commits to your trust the true riches? True riches. Hallelujah. What is the Lord saying? Verse 12 is also... Okay, my wife says, let's go to verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Verse 13, continue. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You remember, this thing is written is similar to what is written in Matthew chapter 6. Isn't it? It's very similar. Jesus was talking, it was the same discourse. Luke got one portion, Matthew also got the other portion. What he's saying is that you have to learn to use your money to purchase for yourself something in eternity because money can do that <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah money can do that you have to be wise with money to use money to do what it's supposed to be used for if you go to first timothy go to first timothy chapter 6 i believe them that be rich in this world 
First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, so that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Have you seen it? Go to the next verse. Verse 18. So that they do good, that they be rich in what? In good works, ready to distribute or contribute or, dist- or, or partner with people, willing to communicate to others, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Have you seen it? Meaning that with their money, if they use their money to do good and do good things, it can do something for them in eternity. It's not different from what Jesus was saying. That's why he said, make friends with unrighteous what? Unrighteous mammon. So that you can get, unrighteous mammon can receive you because of what you've done with it. How you favored others with unrighteous mammon. You can be received into eternal habitations because of money, what you use money for. If you lend money to somebody, if you give money to the poor, the one who gives money to the poor is owed by God. God is in debt to you. Do you think God will pay you only here on earth? Not at all. It's more than that. Now, remember in Acts chapter 10, this man was praying. Cornelius was praying. The Bible says that as he prayed, an angel appeared on his right hand and spoke to him and said that, Cornelius, your sacrifices... And your arms, not only your sacrifices, this your arms go there. He says, and when you look, Acts chapter 10, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine what? Arms are come up for a memorial before God. So your arms give their memorial. What you, if you have money and you use money for the right thing? You have you have a memorial before God. Not only your prayers. Eh? This the amplifier says, and he gave gazing, blah, blah 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 blah. Your prayers and your generous gifts to the poor have come up as a sacrifice to God and have been remembered by him. So same thing that Jesus is talking about. What you do, so this partnership that people do, tithing and offerings and all that, you are preparing for yourself something for your eternal habitations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, and that's why God said, if you are faithful with little, you will not be faithful with much. If you if you are not if you are not faithful with that which belongs to somebody or that which that that is mammon, who will give unto you the true riches? So mammon, this earth's mammon can be exchanged for heavenly riches. It's an amazing thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it difficult to understand? It's not difficult to understand. It's very simple. So money is very powerful. However, um, business is not something that is uh, frowned upon by God. Not at all. How was Abraham rich in cattle, in gold, and all that? If he was not selling, cattle was could be sold. That is why he was considered rich. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So there's nothing wrong with business. Buying and selling and be innovative with buying and selling. You have to be innovative with buying and selling. You see, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of creativity. The Holy Spirit can help you become creative. In Genesis chapter 1, okay, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Isn't it? And I saw God hovered on the face of the waters. Then the Bible says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Holy Spirit hovered upon the face of the earth. God spoke, and light came. Every single thing that happened was as a result of the agency of the Spirit. God's creativity is embedded in His Holy Spirit and in His Word. So the Holy Spirit brooding on your life 
or your fellowship with the Spirit grants you an ability to become creative and innovative, to be able to do more. God is interested in making you rich. Never doubt that. Okay? Never doubt that. And you have to be smart to know exactly what... The most important thing is to know what he wants you to be involved in, not what is popular around. If you make what is popular around your means of making money, you will go down. Know exactly what he wants you... I remember sharing here concerning a man in Yongicho's church who prayed and God told him, your, your, yours is leather. Just get involved in leather. Leather belts, leather bags, whatever. And he started selling leather. And he's now a billionaire. Right now, he's a billionaire. During those time, he was a dollar millionaire. Now, he's a dollar billionaire. He's rich. Okay? So, it's not necessarily about... Oh, right now, uh, they say when you buy this and you sell it, it becomes more forex trade is there. You may get involved. Everybody will be succeeding. You may get involved and you fail. That's the thing. You may get involved and you fail. Me, I've, I learned that a long time ago. Yeah, I started a bit, just collapsed just like that. Yeah, God, God called me and told me, brother, you are not supposed to be in business. I like business like something. Me. What small thing I'll just tell right now? I sold to be able to go to school. Yeah, I was taking, I was selling laptops. I saw the laptop to a friend that was, the laptop was not good. <laughs> but I, I chopped the money already. I realized it didn't go with my image as a, as a preacher. It was very difficult to, because I was preaching to him and I, it's like I've deceived him sort of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, business in itself is not wrong. Okay? Uh, Comments is not wrong. Of course, uh, some people will say, use scriptures in Revelation chapter uh, um, 17, 18, and 19 concerning the the woman who sits on the red, uh, the whatever, uh, that she was in charge of commerce and all that. Yeah. Commerce was not originally from God. In the garden, there was no commerce. <laughs> Everything was fine, isn't it? Commerce came as a result of the fall. Hallelujah. However, God teaches us to be to take advantage of what's going on, to be able to reproduce and get money, to be able to do what He wants us to do. In the temple of God, there were two pillars in there. There was a temple. There was a pillar called Boaz, named after Boaz, and another pillar named after Jackin. The high Jackin was a high priest. Boaz was a businessman, meaning that through business. And through the priestly ministry, the house of God is built. Some of us are to be involved in business. Make money for the kingdom of God to go on. And I want you to become a billionaire so that I don't have to struggle with some things. Why should I have to top pledge to be able to go to one church building? Why? No, it's not supposed to be like that. There are some people in the church who have money. They are business, but they have money. There was a time where we were supposed to pay something. Someone paid 25,000 Ghana Just one young person, he's not even 30. Just pay 25,000 Ghana Another person paid 50,000 Ghana If we have such people in the system, do you think I'll be praying in a certain way? We pray in a certain way. Every time we are praying, we pray differently. God save more souls. If if we if that is not done, we, every time God give me give me money, give me money. It's not supposed to be like that. Do you like my message? Yeah. If God was not interested in money and making you rich, He wouldn't have spoken about Solomon being the richest man who ever lived. Solomon was the richest man who ever lived. How can you build and everything that you've built is made up of gold? You understand what that means? It's not a small thing. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Huh. So, you are your conscience leads you concerning what you are doing. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. The Bible didn't say as many as are led by their friends. Or led by... The Bible didn't say that. It didn't say as many as are led by their friends. Or as many as are led by... 
their mothers <laughs> or by whatever, they are the sons of God. It says, as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the sons of God. So let the, the Holy Spirit brood over you. Let him work in your life to produce the result that you want or he wants you to produce. That's the most important thing. Hallelujah. Do you like what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So make friends with unrighteous mammon. This is very important. Use money to do the right thing. Use the money. Give to God's house. Learn to poor people. He says that you create for yourself something eternal in the heavens. Let money know that you are in control of it. Don't let money control you. If you let money control you, you'll be surprised. Giving is what helps you control money. When you start get involved in giving and giving things that you didn't an anomalous circumstance think that you will give. Okay? Sometimes you must intentionally increase your giving. Maybe you are accustomed to giving 500 Ghana If they call for a seed, your highest seed that you have ever given is 500 Ghana cities. Change it intentionally to 1,000 cities. So that you let money know that, brother, <laughs> you are not in charge of my life. Because Jesus mentioned that you cannot serve God and serve mammon. You see, you cannot serve God and serve mammon. The guy made sure he was not serving mammon. He was serving people so people could favor him. Yeah, he made them know, listen, the money, take it. Let me give you whatever. Write 50. Write 50. Write 80. Write 30. Instead of 100. Yeah. So he, they could receive him into their houses. Into his, into their, I mean, they could, he could just enter anybody's house and go and eat. Brother, you are owing me 50. Whatever. I'm, I'm eating in your house today. And everything will be fine. Hallelujah. Please, is it clear? Doesn't make sense. Have I answered your question? I've not answered it. I've answered it. You're satisfied. All right. In Jesus' name. Any other person? Any other question? All right. Thank you, Pastor. Pastor, please, I want to know the difference. The Bible talks about riches, great riches, pleasant riches, and enduring riches. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know the difference. And secondly, too, a friend of mine today, he asked me about does God tempt us or he tests us? And he made reference to Job's story, talking about the fact that the devil asked permission, like God gave the devil the permission in order to tempt Job. So does it mean that God permits the enemy to tempt us, or God himself tempts us, or God tests us, rather? <laughs> Amazing. Hallelujah. Two very difficult questions, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Let me answer the second and I'll come to the first. The second looks more interesting. Hallelujah. And I know you'd want to hear about it. What God does. Does God tempt you? Test you? Or what? Or allows the devil to tempt you? You know, there's something called dispensations. There are different timelines in the Bible. If you don't understand this particular thing that I'm saying right now, you will never be able to appreciate the Bible. You will never be able to appreciate it. You always read the Bible with a different kind of mindset. Okay. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6. Let's read from verse 13. Galatians 6.13. This but uh, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. Verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the Lord, the Lord is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, say in Christ Jesus. Yes. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Go to the next verse. 
and as many as walk according to this word rule peace be on them and mercy upon the israel of god two dispensations are discussed here or two different uh whatever go 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 up go to verse 15 once again it is for in christ he says neither circumcision nor all circumcision avails anything they don't none of them are important the most important thing in christ is a new creature and as many as live according to this particular rule the word rule there is canon it means this body of revelation or this spectacle of seeing there's a way to see right now as you're a child of god there's a way to see now if you go back into the old testament in genesis chapter one okay amplified it says peace and mercy be on all who walk by this rule who discipline themselves and regulate their lives by this principle which principle is that the principle of the new creature i see it even upon the true israel of god because there's a another israel of god which is the israel of israel that is of the flesh there's the israel that is of the spirit which is you and i when when abraham was uh, looking for a child god showed him two things he showed him the son of the sea and told him that that your children will be as many as the son of the sea then he showed him the stars in the heaven and told him that your son shall be as many as the stars in the heaven there's the earthly children of abraham and the heavenly children of abraham the earthly children of abraham are the children of israel that are there children of the children of jacob then the heavenly are those that are born anew or the new creation just like you and i children of god like you and i do you understand uh-huh now in the old testament from genesis chapter one all the way to genesis chapter two end of genesis chapter two okay adam and eve dwelt in in a dispensation or a timeline called the timeline or the dispensation of innocence they dwelt in innocence and god consciousness they didn't know any other thing apart from god the world in which they lived was different only god existed in that world they were conscious only of god they weren't conscious of evil of good none of those good and evil are the same according to the scriptures because you can be doing something good that is why people philanthropists will go to hell the person was a philanthropist was helping poor people why is his money not purchasing for him a good treasure in heaven because the first thing that he's supposed to do has not been done which is to receive the lord jesus christ the lord and personal savior there are three kinds of judgment there's a judgment of sin the judgment the bemas judgment and then the white throne judgment the judgment of sin has occurred in christ already if someone does not go through that judgment of sin he can he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven do you understand and christ has sacrificed his life and been judged for that particular sin that particular judgment but if you don't receive him as a lord and personal savior then you expose yourself and every single thing that you would do to the white throne judgment which is the judgment of eternity the judgment of the world that was the world that is all that everybody who does not go through christ will be judged at the white throne and consequently dumped or put into the lake of fire Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not that's not the question they asked me, so I'm not going to go into it into details. But what I'm trying to let you know is that different timelines. Adam lived in a different timeline. He lived in two different timelines. The timeline of the dispensation of innocence and God consciousness. When he sinned, when he ate of that tree, okay, and sinned, what happened to him? He was pushed into another timeline, another dispensation called the dispensation of what? What? Conscience, his conscience started ruling between con- his, his conscience and the time of innocence was a place, a small place that is called the dispensation of sacrifice. God sacrificed 
a lamb and covered them with that with the skin of the lamb and shed the blood of that of the lamb so that they could even talk to him once again you understand but then they were ushered now their conscience was available their conscience was alive their conscience started ruling conscience whether this was good or bad and they were just they were just the bible says that in Genesis chapter 6 the bible says that the, the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man was continuously evil and god couldn't bear it so god destroyed the whole world so all those who, who came after adam after he had fallen seth cain all those people dwelt in the dispensation of conscience and sacrifice do you understand? In other words, when we see a dispensation, what we are trying to say is that what God has set at that particular time, what you need to do to be able to get close to God, if you don't do that, you are disqualified. So their qualification for heaven or not, or hell, is dependent on their obedience to that particular rule that God sets. The rule that God set was, during Cain and Abel's time, was sacrifice. Sacrifice blood, and you will get close to me. What did Abel do? Abel sacrificed uh, blood. And therefore was declared righteous. Cain sacrificed what? The fruits of, Cain didn't sacrifice rotten fruits. He sacrificed correct fruits. But God was not looking for something from the earth. He was looking for blood. The earth was cursed. And whatever will come from the earth is not what God wants. And Cain knew because their father was teaching them. Their father taught them what to do. How did Abel know what to do? Abel knew what to do because he had been taught. But Cain was a vagabond. He was of the evil. Of the evil one. And he didn't respect God. And God gave him an opportunity to change. He told him, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. But if you don't do what is right, sin lies at your door. And he allowed sin to come in and he was disqualified. Abel was qualified and became... So their qualification or disqualification for heaven or hell was based on one thing. Sacrifice. Not on... They are serving Jesus as, as their Lord and personal Savior. Are you seeing it? So if you pick something from there and you try to let us conform to that one you are making mistake. we can pick lessons from there but we can't put our lives in that place in the bible we can't follow me carefully innocence first of all innocence god consciousness sacrifice conscience isn't it conscience led men to do genesis 6 5 and god saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually god was not seeing any good Everybody was doing evil. Even their good was not correct. Someone will, be, someone will be giving your wife some fruits. What he wants to do is actually sleep with your wife. So he's doing good, but the intent is evil. Do you get it? Yeah. So that's what makes evil and good the same. Because the motive behind the good is not... Haven't you seen some before? Haven't you even done some before? You are giving something to somebody, but you know, you know what you will do in the future. Hello, how are you? God bless you. <laughs> you know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like that. Then God destroyed the whole earth. Only one man was found righteous. This guy's righteousness was not... Uh, Noah's righteousness was not in living. Okay? If you look at it, it says, and, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found what grace in the eyes of the Lord. Go up, go down. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. The word just man there, it says, and perfect in his generations. You see, he was perfect in his generation. Not perfect in life, but perfect in his generations. His gen- what he's trying to say was that his blood was pure of mixing from with any other evil person. Because during that time, they were giants. And everybody's blood was corrupted. So his perfection was not based on that he was doing that, like he was doing. He, he was a boozer, do you remember? He boozed. After everything, he went to booze. 
<laughs> but at that time, the acceptance was based on how pure you were in terms of your mixing of your, your blood with those who weren't correct. Because when the devil realized that God had promised a seed from the woman who bruised the head of the serpent, he started corrupting the generations of man so that man will not have pure blood. Do you understand? So that the seed, which is Christ, will not come. He started corrupting everything. But Noah was found right because Noah he was the only one who was not corrupted. He had not even had children. So God gave him triplets at once. God gave him children. Shem, Ham, and Japheth were triplets. They were all born at the same, on the same day. Go down, you see it. And Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. He didn't say Noah gave birth to Shem and gave birth to Ham and gave birth to Japheth. They were, is this, and Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. They were triplets. They were born at the same time. You see. So God clears the whole earth. Shem, Ham, Japheth, and their, their wives, Noah and his wife, were the ones who survived. When they came out of the ark, conscience was still ruling. But God started something called human government. Another dispensation called the dispensation of human government. So Abraham, uh, uh, Noah sacrificed. I'm taking you to the whole Bible. Have you realized I'm taking you to the whole Bible? Noah sacrificed. When he sacrificed, God accepted the sacrifice. And said that anybody who kills anybody will have someone responsible for that blood. So if I kill you, someone else will be responsible for my judgment. Before, during Noah's time, when in Genesis chapter 6, anybody could kill anybody. Nobody would judge anybody for anything. There was so much wickedness on the earth. There were giants then. And the, giant, the history says that the giants would, would, would eat human beings and do all kinds of things. They were dominating. You see. So if Noah starts the dispensation of, this, uh, of, of gov- uh, human government. With conscience, conscience is ruling, conscience is still in there. Humans, uh, the dispensation of sacrifice is still in there. But the prevalent one is human government. Then human government is also corrupted by someone called Nimrod. After Noah, Nimrod comes. And Nimrod puts himself in charge of everybody. And destroys a lot of people. Instead of letting them spread, he puts all of them together. And is preventing them from going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to let you understand that. Job is a very interesting book. There are some books in the Bible that you, you can read and pick lessons and revelation from. But if you try to make attempts of explaining it in a certain way, you will make a mistake. And you end up destroying a lot of people's lives. There are things that are revealed to us. We use them. There are things that are hidden from us. It's hidden for God. And everybody should be able to come to that place of saying, this one I don't know. This one I know. You understand? Some, Some preachers don't want to get to that place. They want to behave like they know everything. Which is not possible. Do you, do you, do you like what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know, this one, this one we, is, we don't have revelation yet. Or, for instance, there are some books in Isaiah, like Bishop Dag was saying. You are reading the thing, and uh, then Isaiah can put past, future, and future past together in one verse. You get it? Uh-huh. So, Job was in a, in a certain dispensation. And during Job's dispensation, Satan had the authority or the right. He had. Is when Adam sinned, he gave the authority of the earth or the right to the earth to Satan. He did. He gave it to him. And Satan could represent himself before God. That is why Lucifer could come or Satan could come when the sons of God were gathering. He also showed that because he came with the mandate of Adam. He had lost it earlier. But when Adam gave it to him, he was able to show up. 
you see. And he asked God, do you think Job is not serving you for any reason? Job is serving you because you have blessed him and you are protecting him. If you like, take your protection from him and see what will happen. Now, did God take the protection? God didn't take the protection away from him. God said, listen, go. Everything that Job has is in your hands. Remember, before then, Job was always talking about, he was too careful every time. When the children go out to go and celebrate, he will start sacrificing. Maybe they will do something wrong that will cause the hedge around me to be broken. Do you see? So he was always sacrificing, living in fear, not in faith. And by virtue of his own words, he broke his own hedge. It wasn't God who took the hedge away. He broke his own. And you see, if you read Job, God lets Job understand that he doesn't know anything. When Job was talking plenty, I've served you, whatever. God told him that, brother, you don't know. Keep quiet. You don't, do, you know, do you know where the thunder reports? Do you know where thunder reports? Do you know where snow comes from? Do you know? He, he, he questioned him. Do you know who, who stretched the, the equator on the earth? Do you know where the foundations of the earth are found? The earth is spherical, but God says it has foundations. So God questioned him to let him know that he doesn't know anything. And God blessed him in the end of everything. So if you read the book of Job, you don't even know what to do to be acceptable to God and what not to do not to be acceptable to God. So that is why it's not the only book in the Bible. The other portions where things are explained for us to appreciate what's going on. Do you understand? So God did not tempt Job. God cannot be tempted with evil. God did not tempt Job. Job broke the hedge around him on his own. And the devil was there and entered and took everything away from him. But we see God replenishing everything. Job's wife was telling him, curse God and die. And Job said that you are, you are speaking as one of the foolish women. Blasted her and all that. But the point, Job was letting God know that, listen, I am righteous. Do you see what is going on with me? And God told him, brother, you don't know what you are talking about. Hallelujah. So actually, God does not tempt people. It's it's written in James. James chapter 1, from verse 12 to verse 15. Let no man, is this blessed the man that endure temptation? For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. So don't say when you are tempted that you are tempted of God. He shows us how temptation comes. And it is like that every time. Okay? You can put Job in there and you see that Job is also in there. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. He doesn't tempt any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own what? You think he's lying? You think he's lying? He's not lying. It's like this particular principle applies to every single temptation that anybody will go through. The beginning of all temptation is last. Why did he steal? He stole that thing because he, he wanted to have it. I hear some boys came to steal some polytanks. They were trying to steal some polytanks at the back. And they were apprehended. Taken to jail. Why did they steal that thing? Apparently, they were sitting down somewhere and someone came to ask if they could get he wants to rent a polytank for some work. There's a polytank at the back here. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get you a polytank. They wanted cheap cash, like cash to come quickly. So at dawn, they came and they were arranging a polytank out. We were just carrying it out. It's last, last for money. Do you see? So he says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Lust entices you. They are demons of lust. That helping you enticing. You see, the devil, when he when when he came into the garden as a serpent was cursed by God. God told him that 
you were, you were, you were, you, you crawl on the dust and you shall eat dust. Isn't it? Is it true? He said you crawl on, on you crawl on your, your tummy and you dust to be your food. Human beings are made up of dust, isn't it? Is it true? Human beings are made of dust. Or you don't know? Go to the graveside, you see that it's dust, just dust in there. Sand. And the devil has been told that he will eat sand. So he likes, that's why you, can, you have feelings. Sometimes you'll be there and then you realize, it's like, some things are just, some things are just moving in your system. You see a lady and things are mocking things. The devil between my ties. Like, nim, he's nimbling on your, <laughs> on your flesh. You entice. This is, is another one. It's Genesis 34. It says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. You will eat dust. Meanwhile, man is also made out of that. He was made out of the dust of the earth. So he likes nimbling on. You realize that it's like your flesh is just. You want to keep your flesh, but it's like it's, it wants to escape. That's what God says that bring your body as a living sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that is alive. When you put it on the table, it's always it's like. You have to catch it and bring it back. You are you ain't moving nowhere, brother. We will serve God. We will serve God. We will stay here, brother. We are not going anywhere. But if you follow your flesh, you will be a father of many nations. And you'll be a mother of princes. You have many children all over the place. Yeah. You like my message? Yeah. Just every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust and is enticed. Then when lust has conceived, so there's lust conceived. There's lust, but the lust can conceive. It will bring forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It's not a small thing. This process happens to every single one who has been tempted. Okay, so temptation comes as a result of what? So let no man say when he's tempted that I'm tempted of God. No. God tests us and tries us. Go to First Peter chapter 1. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Continue. Verse 7. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So, what God does is to try your faith. Okay? God does that. That's what that one. God does that. If I don't tell you God does that, I'll be like, I'll be, I'll be trying to delete some things in the scriptures. You know, some people try to delete some things in the scriptures to make it say what they want to say. It's there. Okay. For instance, Abraham was tried. Abraham's faith was tried. Abraham was tried not to do evil, but was tried to see the nature of his heart and to see uh, the level of his faith and how pure his faith was. So God tests us and tries us along the lines of faith. Hallelujah. Accept it is there. That is different from the other side that I just read to you. The temptations that come through last is different from the temptations or the trials that come to test your faith. Hallelujah. For instance, the Bible mentions in Psalm 105 that before Joseph's word came to pass, the word of God tried him. The word of God is designed to try you and to test you to know whether you know what you're talking about. 
in Matthew chapter 13, okay, from verse 18, Jesus was explaining the parable of the sower. Okay, hear therefore the parable of the sower. Continue, verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that receives seed into stony places, the same is he that hears the word, and anon, or immediately with joy, receives it. Yet he has not rooted himself, but endures for a while. For when? What? And arises because of? Because of? By and by he's offended. So when the word of God comes, it comes with this trials, persecutions, and temptations. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you understand what I'm saying? For instance, if you hear the word of God concerning health, your health may be challenged. Divine healing. You'll be surprised that your healing, your your health will be challenged. Why? It's because of the word that has come to you to give you an opportunity to use your word, the word of God. Would you go to second year, fourth year, whatever, do your masters without examinations? Are examinations a temptation? Are examinations temptation? It's examination temptation. When you see that, when they bring the paper before you, this is a temptation. What's all this? You do that. Blood of Jesus. You don't do that. Examinations are tests that are meant to help you go forward. To check whether you know what you know on the level that you're on. Before you can be... Same thing. The word of God comes with these tests, with these examinations. James chapter 1 verse 2. Count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Go to the next verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? As simple as ABCD. So, God's own is trying your faith. His own is not leading you to sin. His own is the trying of your faith. Which is good for you because when your faith is tried, it becomes polished and becomes precious like gold, like we saw in 1 Peter. Joseph became what he was because the word of God tried him. The Bible says that before his word came, before the word of God came to pass, the word of God tried him. Eh? As in Psalm 105, Psalm 105, verse 90. Go then, then we'll come back to this. Unto the time that his word came, the word of the Lord what? tried him. The word, so the God's word will try you. Do you think that uh, we'll be mentioning Daniel's name if he had not been put into a lion's den? Do you think we would have been mentioning his name? Would it have known who he was? But because he believed God, and trusted God and still trusted God even when he was going he was going to be killed. We still mention his name. Same thing will happen to you. What will you do? Okay, when your life is at risk, or when something very wild is about to happen and you still hold on to God's word. If you do, you'll get more marks. It will pass you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you don't you will go, haven't you realized that there are some things like every year it keeps coming, every year they, they are testing you to see whether you'll be able to but it's like you are not passing so you are, you've trailed that paper so many times it will bring you back rewrite, rewrite, rewrite until you're able to get it then, as soon as you're able to get it, that thing I remember very well, some time ago every year I'll get malaria malaria will just come every year, before it wasn't like that before, eh, before when my, that's when it's coming, I'm able to get it done. But after some time, I realized that Charlie, when the malaria, it will put me on on the bed for three days. So the last time he came, I said no, this one. So I kept repeating myself every year. 
in a particular time. I said, no, no, this one day I'll not, I'll not take any drag. I'll know I'll just be there and pray. Use communion. So I used communion the last time around. To communion morning, afternoon, evening, just like I'll take the drag. Morning, afternoon, evening. And I was fine. Following day, I was moving around. Everything was fine. Communion had healed me. Pepe, pepe. Hallelujah. And it hasn't come again. Can you imagine? Yeah. So, as far as God tries, he does. If I don't say he does, I'll be lying to you. Romans 5.3. More scriptures. Go to Romans 5.3. The trial of your faith worketh God. Much patience. Because of Joseph's trials <laughs> along the lines of the word. When the time came for him to meet judgment to his, brother, his brothers, what did he do? He meted out mercy. He gave mercy. He brought mercy to them. If you are not raised by God's word, and tried by God's word and humbled by God's word. There are some things that will come into your life that will humble you and let you know that you are nobody. Yeah. You poopoo, you poopoo like every other person. You don't poopoo popcorn. Neither do you wee wee, do you wee wee Coca Cola. <laughs> you are a normal, like you are, you, you are a child of God. You are full of the grace of God. But remember, uh, you understand? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that it humbles you. So that when you see your brother going through something, you don't say, What are all these people when they, they are losing? You are becoming self righteous. And self righteousness will lead you to something you don't want to even think about. But when you are humbled by something, it's called siniazo. That's what, siniazo does not mean, siniazo is not uh, someone has knowledge, something like that. No. Siniazo means something you can't do much about. Something you need to depend on God for, to sustain you. Like, you're like, this particular thing, eh? Chale, 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 chale. It humbles you. Sometimes God gives people wives that are siniazos in their lives. Every other person submits to you apart from your wife. When you get home, your wife will face you to remind you that you are you are a human being. You are uh, just relax. Yeah, that's senior so in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Look at this one. He says, but not only so, but we glory in tribulation. He says, we enjoy ourselves in tribulations and in troubles. Also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. You see, trial of your faith works patience. So some of the things you go through is to help you become patient. Humble you. I'm not saying that when sickness can be so this this God put this sickness on me to humble me. No. You should know clearly in the Bible that God does not do that. Hallelujah. Her. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving, unswerving endurance. Is it clear enough? Uh-huh. So it's very simple. Hallelujah. I've answered you along this line. Yeah. That's about Job, right? This is about Job. The first one is about riches, enduring riches, pleasant riches, and what? Great riches. They are all riches, isn't it? They are just adjectives explaining what exactly they are. Okay. Uh, basically, there's nothing mysterious about it. Don't you don't read your Bible with mystery and you're like, maybe this way, this way. There's something under. There's nothing under it actually. There's actually nothing under it. It's as simple as it is. If you take the word of God like that, you'll be you'll be you'll be surprised. Don't follow all these people who, Charlie, there's something underneath that. There's nothing underneath it. Read the Greek. Understand the Greek. Read the Hebrew. Understand the Hebrew. Read the Hebrew word. Oh, this one means this. To aid in revelation. But don't get into the attitude of, like, there's something underneath the word. 
there's nothing underneath it. It is what it is. You keep it in your heart. That's what God uses to minister to you. As simple as ABCD. Okay? Huh. Pleasant riches. Riches that bring you pleasantness. Because it's not riches, every riches that bring pleasantness. Some people are rich and cannot chop the money. It's in Ecclesiastes. He says, I've not seen anything as vain, as vain as this. A man who has money and cannot spend it. <laughs> yeah, it's never, he cannot spend it. A man whom God gives wealth and withholds the power of enjoying the wealth. This is also a great, but it's like it's great vain. You have the money, but you can't chop the other people are chopping your money. Yeah. Then he said that it is a blessing to have money and be able to chop it. It's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. You can read it. Ecclesiastes is plenty, it's more than one. Yeah, so the Bible mentions that there is the blessings of the Lord that maketh rich, isn't it? Since the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and added no sorrow. There are some riches that has sorrow. What we read in First Timothy chapter six, he says this he says, and don't don't endeavor to be rich. Money is a very interesting thing that is discussed in the Bible. It lets you know that don't look for it. But for us, it says labor not to be rich. In other words, don't work with riches in mind. Labor to be a blessing rather than to gain rich. If you labor with the mindset, for instance, all those who chase money never get it. Money eludes, it's a wild goose chase. It will elude you. The moment you, sh- you shun it and have the mindset of being a blessing to other people. How many of you have, ever, how many of you have heard of Johnson's and Johnson's? Johnson's products. Baby, whatever. Baby powder, baby. You've all, they've put some on your bottles before in your life. I mean. <laughs> the guys who did that particular product, don't have it in your minds to make money. There was a point in time in their in their in their business where they had a problem. Their product was giving children problem. They recalled everything and destroyed everything and produced the right thing. Now, if it had been any other business which is looking for money, they would not bring it back. All the businesses that have so, have been kept hundreds of years or fifty or fifty and above are there because they don't have money as their main thing. Money is not their main thing. Serving humanity or being a blessing to people is the main thing. If you start your business, that's why you are not getting money. Because you want to make money quickly. No, you must have it in your mind to be a blessing. I just want to be a blessing to other people. Look for a need and meet that need. That is the source of real prosperity. Real financial whatever. And listen to me. If you get into the attitude of, oh, Charlie, if we do one or two things, we'll get more money. Rather, you never, you never get it. It will always elude you. It will always elude you. That is why pastors are rich. Because they've shunned what everybody else is looking for. And they are laboring to be a blessing. That is why God blesses them. And people don't understand it. Yeah, there's a book like that. Uh, top, top 100 businesses in the world that are 100 years and above. 50 years and above. Mercedes-Benz. All those people are part. Alpha Guinness. All those people are part. They didn't do what they are. They, they, they didn't produce what they did. What they produced because of money. They produced because they wanted, they wanted to help people. And their business have lasted years because their value and their core principles is not with money in mind. If you read some of their their logos and some of their mission statements, you think they are preachers. You think they are preachers. You think they are doing ministry. They just want to be a blessing. And they always get it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. 
Have you seen it? If you don't understand, let's read another version. Also, every man to whom God has given riches and possessions, and the power to enjoy them, and to accept his appointed lot, and to rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God to him. Exodus 6 2. Go to Exodus 6 2. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanted nothing for his soul of all that he desired. Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof, but the stranger eateth it. This is vanity and it is an evil disease. It's a very serious thing. If someone has money, it's in their bank. And people are chopping the money. The bankers are using the money. Banks were the ones who were allowed to do forex trade. It's only banks, actually. Because overnight, they are able to make a lot of money overnight. So that they can be able to give more loans and all that. Because they have huge money. If they lose it, that's why we have investment bankers. Every bank has a portion for investments. They, inv- they take the money that you have brought. Your 100 Ghana that you think is small money. They will gather it. They are everywhere. They will gather it to everybody's own. They, in the night, they will trade with it. And make, sometimes they make double in one night. When you come for your hundred Ghana in the morning, you've not done anything. Oh, God bless you. And they'll even take you charges. That's why they can afford to be in big buildings, but give their people suit allowance and trouser allowance and shorts allowance. Every allowance they'll give them. And even now, and cheat them even some more by giving them car loans and all that. Take the money back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. These are people, for instance, on whom God showers everything. Money, property, reputation, all they ever wanted or dreamed of. And then God doesn't let them enjoy it. Some stranger comes along and has all the fun. It's more of what I'm calling smoke. A bad business. <laughs> yeah, so there's the enjoying riches are riches that endures to the next generation. Riches that you can hand over to other people. Okay? Then true riches, of course, are the ones up there, isn't it? There are riches up there. What you do with your life today will allow you to be in a certain place in heaven. Are we all in Kumase? Yeah. Are there areas in Kumase? Yeah. Are there bad areas in Kumase? Yeah. Are there very good areas in Kumase? Yeah. Are there middle areas in Kumase? Yeah. Yeah. Same with heaven. Heaven is broad, it's big. If you say I'm in heaven, you have not said much. <laughs> there are differences. There's Trasaco in heaven. I've not seen the try that if you go Trasaco is in heaven. No. There's a place that is very nice. Full of the glory of God. The glory of God reaches there. It's not that the glory of God doesn't reach everywhere. The intensity there is different from the intensity in other places. Not because God does not want you to be in other places, but the other places, they are not their glory is not up to that glory that God wants them to have. So God gives them the glory that they have. Do you understand? So that it will not kill them. Bob Jones had a, had a vision and he was being taken from the first heaven to the second heaven, the third heaven. When he was entering the fourth heaven, he couldn't enter because the, the glory was too much. It almost destroyed him. Same thing. Maybe what you are doing for the Lord qualifies you to be in the second level, not on the seventh level. So you'll be in the second level, you'll be happy. Everything will be fine. But you see that other people are in other places. It's very powerful. So there are different areas in heaven. Hallelujah. There's a zongo portion in heaven. You know you are rewarded by coming to church like this. You know you are rewarded. Let me tell you a story. Years ago, about six years ago, I came to church. We were then at a small place, very small place. The whole church would have been, would be like from where you are sitting to where you are sitting this way. Very small. Maybe it's even bigger. Very small. We're in the church. And I used to come from a very far away place to come and come and pastor them. When I came on a Sunday morning, I took the microphone, stood in front of them. I saw an angel standing on my right, holding a big book, recording the journey, the number of hours and the kilometers I've driven or whatever to come to church. And was giving rewards, recording and giving. I was shocked. 
When I saw it, I wanted to live far away from church. <laughs> so that I'll be getting more rewards. <laughs> it's very serious. Every meeting you attend is recorded. You are giving rewards for it. It's an amazing thing. Hallelujah. God reward the minutest of things that you did. He says that if you give water to one of his disciples, he says you shall know why to the reward. That's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. It says if you give a cup of water to a, to a disciple, you shall know why to lose your reward. You get a reward for everything. Saying good morning to some people. You'll be surprised. Being pleasant, being nice, not doing your face like this. Just smiling. Usher should smile. Hello, come in. Usher should do this. Don't sit over there. You, you get rewards. Rewards. I mean. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. 10.42. And Lucifer shall give a drink to, unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water. Only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. He says he will get his reward. Look at Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 talks about a lot of rewards. Rewards for various things. For fasting. Those of you who don't like fasting. When we say we are fasting. Uh, what is fasting? I'll eat and eat. There are rewards for fasting. Oh, I'm not. So when we get to heaven and people are getting rewards, don't say, hey, pa- uh, God, you are, you are discriminating. What's the meaning about this? You know what I did for you. Take it that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you, have, you shall have no reward of your father which is in heaven. Have you it? So when you are doing your arms and you want everybody to see it, <laughs> he says that you are losing your reward with your father. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They will have their reward here on earth, but heaven you not. But when thou doest arms, let not thine left hand know what thy right hand doeth. Keep it in secret, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. In the heavens, both here, you see, spiritual things have a two sided reward. God's reward is not only earthly oriented, it's heavenly oriented as well. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Look at first Timothy 4 8. We'll come back to this. Am I helping you in any way? <laughs> first Timothy 4 8. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness. Let's read the amplified. Amplified. For physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, spiritual things. Is useful and of value in everything and in every way. For it holds promise for the present life. You didn't see that. You didn't see him. For the present life and also for the life which is to come. So whatever spiritual activity you engage yourself in has a double-edged reward. The Father rewards you here on earth and rewards you there in heaven. You know, amazing thing. It has. It says for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. Since if you do your arms in secret, your father who sees it in secret shall reward thee openly. That's not the only thing. There are more. Go, 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 go down to... And when you pray, that shall not be as a hypocrite. Hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their... those are the people who tell you, you know I've been praying for you. You know I've been praying. I've been praying for you. They've been praying for you. Pa. That's why this miracle happened in your life. You have gotten your reward. Whatever prayer you pray, keep it in secret. If you see something good happening in someone's life because you pray for the person, don't announce it. You know, my prayer has been working these days a lot. I prayed for this woman and look at what is happening in her life. No, no, no. no. Don't do that. Go to the next verse. 
Okay, but when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father who seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Those who come for prayer meetings, you'll be rewarded. Hallelujah. But when, a, when he prays, use not vain repetitions as a hidden do, for they think they shall be heard of their man speaking. It's just as you're you are just using repetitions and your position that is changing, nothing is changing really. <laughs> Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth that what things ye have need of before you ask him. Verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Go on, go to the place where it talks about fasting and all that. Verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Really, I say unto you, they have their reward. That's when you're fasting, and they touch, when someone touches, oh, Charlie, I don't have strength for these things. <laughs> you are getting a reward. Those who don't fast at all, they, I mean, you are not even part of the thing. You. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. I'm weak. I, I don't want to talk. Peace. Are they fast? Are they fast? No. Don't do those things. So there are rewards. Rewards for small, 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 small things. Small, 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 small things. Helping someone, an old woman, carry things. Looking after your children well. Raising them well. All those things are rewards for everything. The Bible says, raise up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he shall not depart from it. If you successfully raise your children to go, they are where they are supposed to go. You get a reward for it. Hallelujah. Rewards. I mean, on every side. On every side, rewards. I work for rewards. I travel because... You know, you know why I travel? To go and do, like, go and make sure our churches are in other places are working. You know why I do that? Yeah. Travel time. It's been recorded. I mean, <laughs> Charlie, after that vision, it really informed me. So as I'm going, Father, Charlie, have you seen? One hour. Another one hour. I'm going. Yeah, so I'll get more rewards. Hallelujah. Yeah, I do things because of rewards. I'm motivated by that. Yeah, rewards both here on earth and there in heaven. Hallelujah. Yeah, if they send you to a remote corner, go with joy. Your reward, you can't, you can't receive it. It's too much. You have to give it to some people. Hallelujah. It's very serious. Eh? In Jesus' name, I've answered your question. Powerful. Any other question? McDaniel's. Thank you. Pastor, when you um, explaining about the arms, a question came to mind. Um, you know, like in these days, what people do is that uh, if say it's an orphanage or an NGO or something, when people give something, they try to show, or when they are going to do something, they show it on social media that okay, we had, we have done this, we have done that. Um, I think I also read about George Miller. He said that he used to record everything that was given, and then he would send out a list of like what is happening in the orphanage and everything. Um, is it that it's being done to show, like, I'm doing this, and are they receiving their reward now? Or First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, especially uh, 3 and 4. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and see of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. More right, it is required in us that a man be found faithful. But with me, say with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. Of any man, of man's judgment, yea, I judge not my own self. Verse three. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Verse five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Say, judge nothing before the time. <laughs> Unto the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise or have reward of God. 
So depending on the reason why you are, the reason for your for your actions, why are you putting it on your, on Facebook? Someone can put it on Facebook to help others know and remember because a lot of people have forgotten that there are orphanages in the world. You know that, right? Yeah. Or oh, you don't know? A lot of people have forgotten that some of those things exist. There are prisons. There are prisoners who need to be taken care of. There are orphans who need to be taken care of. There are poor people who need to be taken care of. There are people who have forgotten. Now, if they don't see it on, on social media, it will never click. So if it is there, because if I'm putting it there, and I'm putting it there because I want others to see and provoke others to good works. Hebrews 10, 20. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. I read it. Let's read from verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and what? To good. So we must provoke each other to good works. Or you don't understand that one. So if what I'm doing is with the intent of provoking someone to good works, I'll get my reward. The hidden agenda of my heart will be revealed on that day. So actually, eh, we will not be able to tell who is doing what and who will be rewarded by what until we get there on that day. Paul says that I have nothing against myself. I've done all that I know I'm supposed to do in ministry. But even that one, I don't know whether I'll be qualified or not. I'm not justified or vindicated by me knowing that everything is pure. I've done everything out of a pure heart. The day of the Lord is what will reveal the intent of my heart. If I did the ministry because I wanted to be famous, be seen on a post billboard with my hand like that, or two of my pastors, come, come, you are my two pastors. One should be here, one should be here. And I'm laying hands on them like this on a billboard. If it is to, to let people know that you too, you are something, you too, you are like you are some wild guy. If the testimonies are being given in churches to let people know that you are you are on fire, like you are there. Hili Matuli. Do you know Hili Matuli? <laughs> you are very well. You have, listen, you, you're, you have, you'll be surprised. So heaven will be a very big surprise. You can take your seat. Thank you very much. Heaven will be, a, will be we'll have so many surprises. There will be many, many, there will be many, many surprises in heaven. Read Joiner's book on uh, the final quest, page uh, chapter 3, especially White Throne Judgment. Eh? There's a man who had written plenty books whose books we are using today. He didn't mention his name, but his books are very popular. We are using today very good books, but the intent for writing the books were not correct, even though the content was correct. Hey, isn't that an amazing thing? When they were coming to judge him, he felt like burning his books in heaven, he felt like he wanted to put them into ashes. Because what he had written was not something he had written because he loved God, but because he wanted himself to be promoted and his name to be in the annals of history. So this scripture, never forget it. Never, 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 never forget it. Why? Question. Why are you doing what you are doing? Why? What is, what is in your heart? Why are you giving them? Are you giving them money because you want everybody to know that, Charlie? Are they from? You know what I'm saying? Is that, you, is that why you are giving? Why are you helping the person? You do want the person to know that you are something. Why are you praying for someone to be healed? You know, the why of what you are doing is the most important thing that you need to consider in your life. If the reason for what you are doing is right, you will never be offended. No matter what comes your way. If you are recognized or not recognized, you, never, you are not worried. You are not worried when you see Jesus went to the wedding at Cana, isn't it? When he got there, they were in need of wine. 
he changed water into wine. The governor of the feast tasted the wine and said that this is the best wine I've ever tasted in my life. Why didn't you bring this before? You brought the bad one. The servants knew who had worked the miracle, where the thing had come from. But he never mentioned Jesus. I'm sure he took the fans. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He took the fans. Oh, I got it from a very special place. It's a very, very, very special place, actually. <laughs> you know, that's what he was saying. And Jesus was standing quietly. But Jesus didn't come and say, hey, 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 stop lying. You know, I just went the miracle. Stop acknowledging me. You are doing, what is that? Ma- foolish boy. I forgot I created you. <laughs> Jesus stood back. And someone took the glory. And it was normal. He went his way. That is how your heart should be. When you go to a meeting and you, ask, you think you are special in the meeting, they don't acknowledge you. What goes on in your heart? Ah, this people. I will never even talk to them again. What's the meaning of all this? What? Do they know who I am? Or rather, do they who am I? <laughs> in Ashanti region, you hear, you hear it a lot. Unime. You know me. We don't know you. Everybody is somebody in Ashanti region. When the police arrest you, you say, Unime, they will leave you right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So never be bothered about some of those things. Like they didn't acknowledge me, they didn't talk about me, they didn't mention my name. If you are doing, you did ushering work or you did something in the house of God very powerfully and we didn't acknowledge you. It shouldn't be a, now you won't come to church again. All those churches that they don't acknowledge people. <laughs> Never acknowledge anybody. Every time is a pastor they are acknowledging. <laughs> Sister, you are going to be in trouble. You are losing all your reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These things that are here, are they the reasons why you came to church? Are they the, the jar over there? Is it the reason the lights in the are they the reasons why you came to church? If there's a flower here, is the flower the reason why you came to church? It helps you beautifying the place, isn't it? But nobody's attention is on it. They are not crying for it. They are not crying for attention. That is not their job. Their job is to be there and be make the thing beautiful. That's what your life is. Your life is to promote God, not to promote yourself. So the reason for what you are doing. Is what makes all the difference. Haven't you realized that people sometimes you see someone's pictures on Facebook, he's doing a program, whatever it's on Facebook. As soon as you see it, you don't you feel like what he what he's doing is wrong. I've realized it. Sometimes as soon as you see it, uh, ah, this person, why is it that every time he's putting everything, he's putting everything on Facebook? He's praying for somebody that's put on Facebook, he's laying hands on somebody that's put on Facebook, he's giving money to somebody that's put on Facebook. Ah, why? There are some you now you know that the person something is, is wrong. But there are some people today put it there, and it's like you are you are encouraged. There are things I've learned because some people put some things on Facebook. When I saw, I was like, wow, we can do something like this. And I've learned and used it. And it has so what it did has actually provoked me onto good works. You get a reward for it. If he did it with that intention. But if he didn't do it with that intention, he wanted us to know that he to his day is not in a corner. He day. You try day form. Then you will day form in heaven when we see him. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the reason behind motives. Okay. There's a book written by Reverend Kenny Higgins that I think everybody should read. It's titled Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Why are you doing what you are doing? Ask yourself that question. Why? Say why. Why? Slap your neighbor and say why. Why? Are you doing what you are doing? Why are you in church? Is it because of a girl? 
it's not a bad it's not a bad thing. If it's because of a girl, it's not a bad thing. You become you marry and you stay in the church. Hallelujah. <laughs> why? Why? Why are you doing what you are doing? Okay. It's important. Okay? Yeah. Your rewards are based on that. Your rewards are based on that. Close your eyes and let's pray. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.